This show is brought to you by the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, the only app you need to dominate fantasy football and become your own expert. In this app is fantasy player cards with every single fantasy viable stat, fantasy player grades, usage charts, start sit tools, who to draft tools, player comps, podcasts, consistency charts, game logs, coaching tendencies, articles, rankings, waivers, and every stat and advanced stat you need, including stats you can only find at Brodo Fantasy that are proven winning stats, including true throw value, true target value, true performance value, adjusted air yards, and true matchup ranking. All this and more is available right now for free. All you have to do is go to anywhere you download apps and type in Fantasy Football by Brodo, and you just download it and become your own expert. Dominate your fantasy leagues with the only tool you need today. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com and the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, the only tool you need to dominate fantasy football. We're here. The Brodo boys are back, and it's time to talk about football. Real football, actual games, not like off-season nonsense where this guy argues over that guy and argues over that guy, and this guy makes a claim about this dude who's not going to be on the roster in in, in November, and it, none of that matters anymore. It's real games. We're breaking it down, and I'm here, your host, Tim Petrop, of course. Uh, no, no twins with me today, but... We have the man himself, the encyclopedia, the fantasy encyclopedia, the lead writer at Brodo, the Maple Mamba, the everything you can say, Matt Ward. What's up, brother? What's up, man? I love the Maple Mamba. That's my favorite of all my monikers. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Maple Mamba just fits. Uh, if, if you don't know, Matt, up north right now, uh, coming to you uh, from the north. So and when Cass is on here, we like, I think we should like, like put something in the like, Guinness Book of Records, like most uh most different like countries at, at, on a podcast at the same time like how many countries Probably do you think most have, land covered maybe my most land covered because you go all the way it's like a triangle too it's just like it's a big big swath of land but anyway um today we have a very special episode not only is it me and matt but you're also getting three of the Brodo Fantasy.com and the Fantasy Football by Brodo apps top writers. You're getting Michael, you're getting Jason, and you're getting all of our hat hangers. That's right, our guys, the guys that we're hanging our hats on, the guys that we're saying we are putting our reputations on the line. If you listen to us during the heat wave, it was the bold predictions was don't hold us to this. No, this one you hold us to. We want all the smoke. Send the smoke this way. We want to hold it in. Hold it in, and then pass it. You know what I'm saying, Matt? Matt knows what I'm saying. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> so yes, sir. we want the smoke. We want it all. And that is the Hat Hangers episode. Plus, we have a Thursday night breakdown. Uh, but before we get started today, I want to remind you that this is a Tuesday episode. Now, we're, we're usually this episode is going to come on Mondays. And if, for those of you who have been here before, uh, the Monday episode is a recap of the Sunday before in a very fun, kind of lighthearted way that updates you on everything you need to know about what happened in the weekend. Um, and then we have the Tuesday episode. This week, the Tuesday episode is actually the Monday episode because of Labor Day. But the Tuesday episode is very important because that one is not available for everyone. It is only available at patreon.com slash brodofantasy. If you want to get that episode, plus get all the extras and support the show, 
because the patrons are the lifeline of Brodo family uh, of the Brodo family. They are absolutely the key to everything we do. Uh, please support the show by uh, going to patreon.com slash Brodo Fantasy and as little as $3 a month, you get a ton of extras. You join the community. You get the extra episode. You get Cass's DFS optimizers. You get start sick questions by all of us. We're going to take only patron start sick questions on the Thursday episodes this this week, this year. So a little preview of what's coming. We're switching up the Thursday episodes a little bit. We're still giving you all the knowledge, but we have so much stuff available right now on the app that we don't just want to kind of like narrate what we already have for you. So we're going to be changing it a little bit, and we're going to be um, doing something a little more fun. And one of the segments that we're going to be doing is start sick questions from the patrons. So if you want direct access and hear us talk about your start sick decisions, uh, the patrons, uh, patreon.com is where, patreon.com slash broadfantasy is where to be. First of all, it's $3 a month. I mean, that's less than you spend a day on a coffee. Let's be real. All right? Let's be real. Anyway. That's definitely less than I spend on coffee. Yeah. <laughs> Matt is a caffeine addict. Me, I'm the other way around. I have one cup of black tea and I'm out of here. I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm flying. I'm flying. Matt is uh, the opposite. He would. Yeah, I've the other not day, caffeine sensitive. What is the? What did you do the other day? You put like three espressos in, in in one or something like that. You did something crazy. I can't remember what it was though. I I, <laughs> I get like three espressos in a cold brew. <laughs> so well, I get like, like three shots of espresso in an iced coffee. <laughs> somehow, Matt's heart still yeah. beating. Um, with that being yeah, said, <laughs> um, let's get into these hat hangers, bro. Because uh, let's let's not. Let's not let's not let the people keep the people hanging anymore. Um, so <laughs> our first guy is from our famous writer Giancarlo Luca. No, I'm just kidding. If the twins are here, they'd be giving me a hard time about that. And he knows too. Uh, Gianluca Martini. He has been a writer from the very beginning for us, and I gotta tell you, one of the best fantasy players I've ever played against. He is part of a lot of leagues, and he is just really, really sharp. He is an absolutely sharp fantasy mind, and um, that's why he writes for us at Brodo. So what we're going to do is I'm going to play the recording, and then we're going to talk about it a little bit. So the first hat hanger of the year by Gianluca Martini. What's up, everyone? Gianluca Martini here. I'm bringing you my hat hanger for the 2022 fantasy season, Trey Lance. I've loved Trey Lance since he was in college. I had him ranked very highly coming out. And I'm hanging my hat on him, producing massively for fantasy this season. And he's gonna I believe he's gonna dominate the league. Trey Lance is a very athletic quarterback, and as we know, rushing quarterbacks are a cheat code for fantasy. And I believe Trey Lance showed this even last year when he rushed for eighty nine yards in his first start of the season. Uh, I also think he's a very effective passer and with the weapons he has in Debo Samuel, George Kittle and Brennan Ayuk, he will be able to spread the ball well and dominate. He was third last year in his limited starts in true throw value, yards per attempt and a dot. And if this carries on into this season, he will be a very effective quarterback with both his arm and his legs. He's going to have Kyle Shanahan again obviously who will put him in the correct position to dominate this year. Uh, Trey Lance is one of the quarterbacks, I believe, who can rush for 8, 9, even maybe 1,000 yards if he really takes off this season. Uh, I'm hanging my hat on Trey Lance dominating this year for fantasy football. 
Um, taking them in every opportunity I can, and I'm not looking back. I love it. Uh, personally, uh, the hot take at the very end there where he said uh, he was getting he, spicy. He could put a thousand yards on the ground, <laughs> but uh, I like it. It's bold, but look, Trey Lance is that guy. Like Matt said on the heat wave, um, he's that guy this year. He's the cheat code guy. There's always the one cheat code guy, and this time it's Trey Lance. Um, he is. He has been rising in ADP. I've noticed, but you don't got to convince us. We both love Trey Lance. Uh, you want to talk about it a little bit, Matt? Uh, yeah, I mean, like Trey Lance really is a, a polarizing and, and special prospect when it, when you start to consider his rushing. Um, and, and that really is what drives his game and, and why, you know, John Luca has such a high ceiling for him. He really does have that ability to be the 49ers leading rusher and obviously put up very respectable pass numbers. Yeah, I mean, it's and you can get him in that ninth round. And I think that's the biggest thing because yeah. these hat hangers, I just want to let you guys know, is also like weird. There's no, there's no outline. Like you're gonna see, there's a lot of some of the, some of the guys they took really deep sleepers and said they're gonna be great. Some of the guys took a ninth round pick and said they're gonna be great. Some some of us did a mid round pick. Some of us did an early round pick. There's it's all over the spectrum, right? So starting off hot because. I mean, starting off great because I think that's someone that the Brodo team has been all over and uh, Gianluca uh, setting the tone with Trey Lance. I actually thought that we were going to have – I thought Matt would take Trey Lance, uh, to be honest. But Matt I, – I'm, I'm, I really like Lance, and, and part of the reason is that Kyle Shanahan offense with G mentioned as well. And it's just like, like teams are literally refusing to trade for Jimmy G because that offense caters to make quarterbacks look good. Like, and, and they're like, well, he can't run other systems because Kyle Shanahan's system so easy to run. And it just so many yards after the catch. And, and so, yeah, Lance just needs to be an above average passer, which we know he is. And he is an elite rusher. So above average passing on that offense, you put up, you know, Jimmy G averaged the most yards per attempt. Like, so I, I think Lance is just a smash all over the place. Uh, yeah. I couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, speaking of couldn't have said it better myself. Nah, nah, that was that wasn't a good transition. I needed to work on that one. Um, Justin Fee. Uh, oh man, I just gave it away. Oh my God, here I am. Anyway, um, let's act like you didn't hear what I just said. All right, between me and you. All right, look, look, look. Don't tell nobody. I didn't say it. Okay, I didn't say anything. Um, our newest writer, Trenton Roberts. He joined the team this summer. Uh, look, we we put out an APB on let's get these writers, and a lot of people. You know, applied for this for this position, um, and we got a lot of good a lot of good guys that um, wanted to, this position. And Trenton Roberts stood out above all of them. He's been writing a lot of uh, content. He's going to be bringing some Devi content to the app coming up soon. He's going to be he already did some um, uh, everything you need to know about on the website. So look out for his name. And he has one of those low hanging guys, a guy that in some leagues isn't even getting drafted as his hat hanger. So let's listen up for Trenton's hat hanger for 2022. Justin Fields is the guy who I'm looking to take in every single fantasy draft coming into the 2022 NFL season. Uh, entering a second year in the NFL, Fields' status falls in line with the trend of breakout quarterbacks entering their second seasons in the league. Uh, with recent names such as Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson both fitting that mold as second-year breakouts. Uh, coming off of a rookie season in which he was among the most pressured quarterbacks in the NFL, Fields has an almost entirely new group up front to start the season. 
And while it's too soon to tell if the young signal caller will find more time behind this group, I'm confident that he can succeed in spite of them. Uh, that's because he fits that same mold as uh, former Seahawk and now Broncos quarterback Russell Wilson. Both of them are talented passers uh, with a penchant for buying time with their maneuverability and making plays outside of the pocket. Uh, along with fellow sophomore Darnell Mooney looking forward to his own breakout season at wide receiver and third-year tight end Cole Komet looking to come into his own as a full-time starter for the first time in his career. Look for Justin Fields to light it up this season despite the loss of Allen Robinson in the offseason. Um, okay, Trenton with the hot take of Justin Fields. He's hanging his hat. You got to love a guy who hangs his hat on a deep sleeper like that. He's really good on really paying off. Uh, I'm not a fan, personally. I'm not taking a chance on on him uh, this year. I just think that offensive line is a mess. I think he doesn't have enough weapons. I think the defense is a defense that you know was good, um, but that you think about the the scheme and the personnel and with Matt Eberflus, and it, it does seem like it's a team in transition right now. So I don't know if I'm banking on a team in transition. Matt, how are you feeling about this about this hat hanger? I love Justin Fields as a dynasty guy, and, and I mean, he's somebody I'm very willing to invest in. And much like Trey Lance, man, that rushing floor is undeniable. Like, Justin Fields runs a legit 4-4. Not like questioned at pro day. No, that guy runs a legit 4-4 flat. He's he's definitely capable of putting up monstrous numbers, but because of that offensive line and because of the weapons, and like, God forbid, knock on wood, but what happens if Darnell Mooney gets injured? Oof. You know, that like, so it's just, it's really, really tough to predict a... Like, he's going to perform better than his first season. But predict, predict inning like uh, you're going to fade and hope that he's your QB1. It, it is a little – that's a little tough for me. But, man, I, I really respect Trenton's gusto to to hang the hat on Justin Fields because he's somebody that I just want to perform so bad. Yeah, I like Justin Fields, man. I, that, like, like you said, I like the prospect Justin Fields. I like the guy Justin Fields too. Like, <clears throat> excuse me, this is a guy who, like, in college was, instead of partying, like, bearing down and and and, like – very dedicated to his craft and always studying and just you could tell that he wants it. I remember I also he was on that Netflix show. A lot of people don't remember QB1. that. Yeah, QB1. And even when he was on that show, like I fucked with him then. You know, like Yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, so like I think Justin Fields has a bright future. I just I hope that they don't fuck him up too bad in Chicago because that's a rough situation. It's man. a rough situation, dude. Like and like you said, yes, if everything goes right, if Darnell Mooney stays healthy, if David Montgomery is actually a good player, if like the offensive line can outperform what expectations, if the defense can outperform expectations, these things could happen. But it's a lot of if, 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 if. And uh, if you got balls, you're taking Justin Fields as your hat hanger. That's for sure. Um, yeah. Let's go into our next one. Our guy, Shiz. Michael Shizzle. He is our betting Man, he has been writing for the website as well from the very inception of the website. Um, he's one of one of our guys, man. This guy's a, this guy's our guy. Uh, so let's listen to his hat hanger for the 2022 season. Ladies and gentlemen of the Brotoverse, this is Shiz coming to you live with my hat hanger for the 2022 fantasy football season. Now, my hat hanger, although this is on brand, seems a little biased. I'm gonna I'm gonna explain why you gotta hear me out. It's Saquon Barkley. Uh, many of you, if you read my articles, you know that I'm a Giants fan. 
but you would also know that I tend to avoid Giants on my fantasy team at all costs because of who the Giants have been as a franchise for a very long time. The real hat hanger here shouldn't be Saquon Barkley. It should be head coach Brian Dable, uh, the offensive mastermind that turned the Buffalo Bills from a perennially awful franchise to uh, maybe the most feared team in the league this year, but uh, you know one of the best teams the past few years, using a quarterback that most of the so-called experts had lower than the others in his class. Now, I know there's no specific example of a running back that Brian Dable turned into a star in Buffalo, but I believe in his offensive mindset coming to New York, he will utilize the talent of Saquon Barkley and help to play to his strengths rather than his weaknesses like the past several regimes have done. Uh, Coming off a very injured couple of seasons as well, he is now fully healthy. He was rushed back a little bit last year. Both of his injuries have been kind of freak things. Uh, rather than recurring soft tissue type things. So I don't see them being a nagging issue going forward. And also, uh, a little sneak peek to my futures article. Uh, I'm taking him for comeback player of the year at plus 1,200 odds. So if you're uh, a better, uh, that's something to keep an eye on as well. So my hat hanger, 2022, Saquon Barkley. Um, I'd love to see him in the top six or seven running backs finish. Obviously, he has the ceiling of running back one. And, um, you know, as a Giants fan, that's what I hope for. But I truly believe in him this year. All right, guys. Well, thanks for having me on. Man, Saquon Barkley's not a bad pick, man, because if he can stay healthy, the dude is an animal. I think that is an undeniable fact. And right now you're getting him in a place where you're getting an injury discount. And so because of that injury discount, you, if you hit, he's going to be like a championship type roster player because he's going to be he's going to be the second best player on, on a team with Justin Jefferson on it or a team with Cooper Cup on it you know what I mean so like that's going to be championship caliber if he can be that what Shiz says so I like it I like Shiz going to obviously Shiz he mentioned he's a Giants fan so on brand but with that being said doesn't mean it's not doesn't mean it's wrong right doesn't mean it's wrong doesn't mean it's wrong Agreed. Matt, how you feel yeah, yeah. how you feel about Saquon I mean man like I kind of like when fans in the fantasy world like and, and fanalists let's call you know kind of actually lean into their fandom a little more because they have the pulse on their team a lot more than anyone else does right and i think shiz brings a very good point that dayball has never really had that running back one in an offense but he's also never had a talent like saquon and he turned josh allen into josh allen because he certainly wasn't that coming out of wisconsin so i mean yeah in that system and being clearly the best offensive weapon that they have with an improved o-line i love saquon's rb1 upside this year okay now it's time so we got the brodo writers thank you so much gianluca um (laughs) uh one time i called him gian gian well way more than one time uh, Giancarlo, and uh, now every time I say his name, I can't stop thinking about it. Trenton and Shiz for their excellent recordings, excellent picks. Now it's time to hear from the Brodo boys. First, Jason told you on the last pod that he was retiring. Ha! So much for that. He is back with a voice me- memo <laughs> for his hat hanger. So without further ado, let's hear uh, the special guest himself, Jason, with his hat hanger. What up, patrons? It's Jason Petrop here, coming at you with my hat hanger for the 2022 season. And who I'm going with today is someone who I've been drafting on a lot of my teams. I think his ADP is 
absurd. He's going as a wide receiver three in some leagues. Uh, he should offer a wide receiver two value with wide receiver one upside. And that man is Marquise Hollywood Brown. So let's talk about the Cardinals because his quarterback now is Kyler Murray. And Kyler Murray and Hollywood Brown, don't forget, were teammates at Oklahoma. And they were very effective teammates. Hollywood Brown led that team in offense, even though Mark Andrews and CeeDee Lamb were also on the team. And Kyler Murray very much improved last season, even though he was dealing with injury as a passer. His rushing numbers declined, but he jumped from 19th in true throw value in 2020 to 9th in true throw value in 2021. So we're looking at a young quarterback who's improving, who now has a new offensive weapon, who the Cardinals paid up for to acquire this offseason. And he's going to be the clear number one favorite target for Kyler Murray at least until, at least for six weeks until DeAndre Hopkins comes back. And let's not act like DeAndre Hopkins is a sure thing. Yes, he's a Hall of Famer, but he was just suspended for steroids. So can we expect a drop-off in production? He's 30 years old, maybe. Can we expect some type of injury concern? Maybe he was injured last year and now he doesn't have steroids to help him be healthy. So I'm not fully convinced that DeAndre Hopkins is going to be a death kill, if that's the word, for uh, Kyler Murray and, uh, I'm sorry, for Hollywood Brown when Hollywood Brown returns, when DeAndre Hopkins returns. So I'm going with Hollywood Brown here, who had a 25% target share last season, uh, over 25% in target rate, over 25% in adjusted air yards. This guy controlled the Ravens offense. Him and Mark Andrews are really the only two pieces, and it was a successful offense. And who else is in that Cardinals offense James Conner he couldn't even exceed 800 rushing yards last season old man AJ Green old man Zach Ertz listen if Hollywood Brown could go 91 1008 and 6 in a low volume Ravens offense let me see what he could do with an improving Kyler Murray in the Arizona Cardinals offense at a price where you can get him as a wide receiver three where he has wide receiver one upside give me Hollywood Brown all day we've been on this podcast talking about Hollywood Brown for a while now and I think it's just, you know, like Jason said, I think Jason Jason dropped the bars, as he always does. There's not much to add to that. But I think he's one of those guys, too, where you have Marquise Brown in your home league, and you say, and you go down your list like, oh, my line is better than your lineup, my line is better than your lineup, and you say Marquise Brown, and everyone's like, oh, but DeAndre Hopkins is going to come back. I don't think that that's the case. I think that they're not plugged in to what's been happening. And if you plug into what's been happening, DeAndre Hopkins had career lows across the board last year, and his route tree got completely chopped. Um, he he ran basically two routes all year. So that is not a guy that I kind of that's that's a guy that seems more like a uh, a decoy than anything else, and a guy who maybe doesn't have the same skill set. Uh, he just got called for PEDs, you know. And Marquise Brown is on the rise, like he said, like Jason said. He teammates, they have history. I don't know, man. I think that there is a chance where if Marquise Brown, even if he doesn't, even if he doesn't stay the number one receiver, quote unquote, I think he's there's a chance that he, you know, still gets the most targets, um, and and for six weeks he's gonna be the best. So uh, I'm I'm ranking him as a wide receiver one in week one. How are you feeling about it, Matt? 
I, I you said there was nothing to add. I will add that it's death knell. Yeah, Jason. That, that's how it's it's death knell. Terrible. Just, <laughs> uh, just a freaking. This is a moop. Yeah, yeah. Just completely right. butchered that. <laughs> uh, no, man. I agree, and and I do think that uh, DeAndre can come back and kind of be a quote unquote league winner for people late in the season because he's still going to put up touchdown numbers. Um, I think you could see uh, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin esque thing, and. Something to add for people that don't think it's possible for both of them to coexist. There were 16 teams last season that had a wide receiver or two wide receivers in the top 20. 16 teams had two wide receivers in the top 20 of points per game and 16 didn't have one at all. So like good offenses utilize both of their weapons and both of those weapons score more points than bad offenses with bad receivers. Like, do you know what I mean? It's, it's yeah. really not that complicated. You don't have to make fantasy complicated sometimes. There's always a T. Higgins and a Jamar Chase. There's always a Chris Godwin and a Mike Evans. There's always, always a Cooper Cup and a Robert Woods and Odell Beckham. Like, that's what good offenses do is they utilize more than one guy because they have more than one good player. And that's what the Cardinals have right now is they have two wide receiver ones. It's exciting. It's an exciting time to be uh, a roster, a, ro- a manager of uh, Marquise Brown. I'll tell you that. If you got him if you got him in the 6th round too, it's 5th round, it's Oh, oh the price and again, Jason is just so correct. The price is absolutely ridiculous, especially for the f- he should be getting a first 6 week bump where yeah. like other players get injury discounts. Like his ADP should be through the roof just because of those first 6 weeks with Kyler. When for the first 6 weeks of every Kyler season, he's the number 1 quarterback until a nagging ankle injury or the O-line busts or like, you know, so yeah. Give me all the Hollywood. Um, Michael right now is with Jason in Vegas. As you guys know, if you've been listening for a long time, week one, Michael's never on the podcast because he's always in Vegas. Michael works with the FFPC, which is the fantasy. I should know this. Uh, fantasy football players championship. The, the FFPC, yeah, the fantasy football players championship, uh, which is a high stakes league. He he's Michael's in it. That's why that's why Michael is Michael's fantasy football is Michael. Michael and fantasy football are one, and that's why he's so good at the damn thing. Um, and he has a hat hanger that is going to probably not be a surprise because you've been listening to him talk about it. Uh, all, I'll t- talk about this guy all summer. But with that being said, let's get into Michael's hat hanger, the last recorded hat hanger. I kind of I like this. Uh, this Just sit back, relax, and listen. Like, why didn't we think of this earlier? This is a great, this is a great <laughs> idea. <laughs> yeah, I like being a viewer. Yeah, right? This is amazing. All right. Um, uh, Michael's uh, hat hanger for 2022 coming up. Hello, folks. Uh, Michael here, giving you my hat hanger for the 2022 season. Hope you all had a great Labor Day weekend and you had a terrific draft or drafts, depending on how many you did. Um, I will be back on the pod in week two. A shout out to Tim and Matt taking over for week one. Um, so for my hat hanger, I'm going to go with someone who should not be that big of a surprise. I was thinking about Elijah Moore, um, but I think that was claimed already by one of our fellow Brodo writers. I'm going to go with Juju Smith-Schuster here. This one is pretty simple. Look, Juju had a historically great first two seasons in the league. Over the last three seasons, he has fallen off a cliff a bit um, due to injuries, uh, poor quarterback play, and uh, things of that sort. Um, Now Juju gets to play with the best QB in the league in Patrick Mahomes. Um, Juju is great against zone defense, and teams were really zoning up against the Chiefs last year with cover two um, to try to stop Mahomes from going deep repeatedly against them. His wide receivers, um, they're not really threats to his workload, in my opinion. Marcus Valdez-Scantling is just a career 
journeyman type guy at this point, just a deep threat. Michael Hardman is bad. Sky Moore is a rookie. And Travis Kelsey is going to be 33, is 33 years old, and he started to look a little older last year. So now you got Juju Smith-Schuster coming in on a one-year prove-it deal. They tried trading for him last year as well. And now they signed him in free agency to be what I assume to be Patrick Mahomes' number one receiving option. I think people are silly to be fading Juju Smith-Schuster as much as they are going around wide receiver 30-ish in Fantasy Pros ADP, even wide receiver 25 in underdog. I think he's going to be a steal at that point and has as good a chance as anyone outside the top 20 receivers in ADP to end as a wide receiver one this year. So Juju is my hat hanger. Michael has been hanging his hat on Juju Smith-Schuster for the better part of Juju's career. I think every year Michael just sings the praises of Juju Smith-Schuster. And, you know, everything he said is true. I think the question with Juju is can he stay healthy? Because now we've had a lengthy uh, time where Juju has missed significant time for the past three seasons to injury. So when you think about that, it's a little scary because... You know, you're already taking a little bit of a risk because he's on a new team. And, you know, I, I did have an article um, that came out a few years ago about the good and the bad about Juju. And Juju, from the stats, it has just been a possession slot receiver. Um, he hasn't done anything else. His A dot is historically low. His, uh, his, all right, all right, but this is the part. A dot, not so bad, but his. Uh, yards after the catch, overexpected, historically low. Like, this guy does not get yards after the catch. So that concerns me. <laughs> the athleticism is not always there. Um, so, but he has the opportunity to be the number one receiver with Patrick Mahomes. So big upside opportunity. Uh, Matt rolled his eyes when I was talking about ADOT. Matt, what's uh, what's your thoughts on Mr. Juju? I mean, the, well, the, the ADOT is directly related to the fact that Big Ben couldn't push the ball more than eight yards down the field during Juju's prime. But, I I mean, for me, it really does come down to, like, something that I'm a big truther of and I always push, and it's one of the stickier wide receiver stats, and, and that's target share. And Juju has been a consistent target earner throughout his career, and, and his reception-perception profile is great. So that says that it's not just a, a product of volume, and it's a product of separation and a product of earning those targets. He's always been in the top um, 80th percentile. Even in his injured years, it's just a lower sample size, right? Um, and Tyree Kill in his best season as a fantasy producer only had a 20.7% target share, and Juju's career target share is 21.7. So I feel really good. And you kind of said like the right thing in the wrong way, and that he is a possession guy. And that also is what Kansas City needs to do now because everybody's just going to play two shell against them. They're just going to keep two safeties high, even without a Tyree kill, because they know that that arm that is attached to Patrick Mahomes shoulders can put up six points at the flick of a wrist. So, you know, even as MVS and Hardman are kind of decoys, but when teams play that style of defense, you need a Smith Schuster because Kelsey can't do it all on his own. I'll tell you, I like, so, I like Juju's 100-target ceiling, or floor, for that matter, if he's healthy. I, I really don't think it should be that crazy to think that Juju gets eight targets a game. Yeah, I don't think that's crazy at all. I, I think that, look, they played MVS $9 million a year. That is not a cheap contract. I think that they're going to be they're gonna use him, I think. Look, yes, he had Aaron Rodgers, that but, true. <laughs> but that was a conservative offense. You know, they, they only did one thing with him. I think that there's a possibility that Marquez Val- Valdez-Scandling does a little more than he has in the past, but... Michael right now, if he's listening, is like, oh, my God, Tim, shut up. Um, but that's yeah. a good thing for Juju. 
You that's, know, that's be, what I'm saying in my head, but right. I'm letting you hope. <laughs> right. I mean, that's that's a <laughs> that's a good thing for Juju. I think if MVS is able to take the top off defenses with actual with being an actual threat, not just a decoy, not just a guy that you have right. to be like aware of, like that's going to open up the the field for Juju. So I think True. that's that's one thing that you, that you're banking on, right? Like you said, it's that cannon of a right arm that we've never like. There's only two guys in the league, him and Rogers, probably that can make the throws that they can maybe jo- I'm gonna put Josh Allen in there and Absolutely. yeah, you know, so Justin you have Herbert, to, you have to, like, yes, yes, yes. You're right. But, Man, yes. that throw, by, but it is a short list of 40 quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah. 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 So for, yeah, the, you know what I mean? There's, there's a, there's a select few that can do what he does and um, he's maybe the best ever. So you have to always play it. And it, that offense is going to move. And because of that, I think Juju is a good pick. All right. With that being said, the recordings are over. It's us time. Matt, I'm going to let you go first. So, Matt, just just for transparency, said, guys, I know this is supposed to be one episode, but we're going to need two episodes. Hat hangers and this guy he's about to tell you, propaganda. So, Matt is prepared to sell you on the, a man, the man, the myth, the legend that's about to come up. Without any further ado, let me not talk anymore. Let me sit back and enjoy the show. Uh, Matt Ward, go ahead. Yeah, it's it's T Higgins propaganda hour, everybody. Um, and and it's a little bit of a switch up from some of the other writers with the lower picks. You know, T Higgins, you will have to select him in the second round, but I don't think you should have any reverences in doing that. Higgins is one of the most polarizing players in the NFL today, man. The kid is six foot four, two hundred sixteen pounds, and he's an absolute freak show of a monster. I I really feel like we're undermining his phenomenal sophomore breakout because of Jamar Chase on the other side of him. But like put that into perspective as T Higgins broke the thousand yard threshold and was wide receiver 12 in points per game alongside a rookie Jamar Chase. Like Jamar can get better and it won't matter. T Higgins is an absolute freak. He, he's an, uh, an alpha target earner and he has Joe Burrow behind the line, which Joe like everybody's kind of worried about the passing volume in that offense, but I really don't think it matters. Joe Burrow was first in accuracy and first in uh, clean pocket completion percentage. And the Bengals have the singular most improved offensive line, according to pro football focus going from 20th last season ending at 20th and are now eighth entering the season in 2022. So Joe Burrow with a 78% clean pocket completion percentage behind a top 10 offensive line with two of the greatest wide receivers in the NFL. I don't think there's any concern. And I was talking about it earlier is that good players earn targets independently of the talent that surrounds them. And T Higgins is a 25% career target share earner. And people are like jumping at the gun to draft CD lamb ahead of, you know, at, at the back end of the first or early in the second ahead of guys like Higgins and even Stefan Diggs. But, and I think that's, like T Higgins has done something that CD lamb has never done. And that's put up 25% target share next to a real alpha. Cause CD could never do that next to Amari. CD also could never crack the top 12 and wide receiver points per game. And I'm a CD lamb guy. I'm okay with lamb going in that because of the increased opportunity and his new role and the way that the, like if the Cowboys are going to move the ball, it's going to be through CD, but that's true about T Higgins as well. Jamar chase is going to command double and, top coverage in every single game they can't leave him on second coverage assignments anymore they know that they made that mistake to close out the 2021 season and every defense is well aware now that leaves t higgins in single man coverage against the third best corner on the on any given team and he is an absolute star 
Is that is that is that how you're ending it with the bomb with the exclamation point? He's an absolute <laughs> star. And I mean, I mean, we go further into the the NFC North. Like, look at how competitive that division is going to be. The Bengals are going to have to throw the ball. So even in everybody's worried about Zach Taylor not upping the game, like even in a lower volume offense, that he has already exceeded the point per game threshold, the yards per team pass attempt, the yards uh, per game. The he earns more targets than Jamar Jamar Chase does on a per game basis. Like he has a higher target share than Jamar and a higher target per game. And in that in the NFC North with a healthy Lamar Jackson back and like those defenses being as tough as they are, like the Bengals are going to have to push the pace, whether Zach Taylor wants to or not, he's not going to be able to sit down six points when teams are running the clock out because they can, he's going to have to get up on teams early. And that's good by throwing the ball more. I mean, like Higgins is just at the top of the class, man. There's no one in that draft class other than Justin Jefferson. That's done what he's done in this time in the league. And I, I, I just don't understand how we're not looking at him as a, like locked in 12 top 12 option and again to reiterate earlier is like it every single year there are more than half the teams in the league have two wide receivers in the top 24 and at least one and a little higher because it happens more than one team per season on average have two wide receivers in the top 12 in points per game if you're looking at the Bengals offense and don't think that those two dudes can do it then i don't know what to tell you it's uh i i don't have much t higgins on my team um, but I see where you're coming from. I think that if Jamar Chase didn't exist, T. Higgins would be a no doubt about it wide receiver one, set it and forget it, no doubt about it. Uh, what worries me is the kind of up and downs that both of these guys had. Like when one guy had a good game, they very rarely had a good game on the same day. So it it's possible that that happens. It's possible, but the offense has to change a little bit, and hopefully it well, does. That- you know, now that's that- kind of something interesting that I have written here too, though, is, is Jamar out of any of the wide receivers in the top 12s in points per game, Jamar had the greatest discrepancy of like high end performances and low end performances. So he had over a 20% differential between his good games and his bad games in points per game. And T Higgins had one of the shortest. Hmm. So like, and it was something that true target value for us really, really accentuated last year. Mm-hmm. Where in those first five games where Higgins like wasn't seeing his, you know, eight target, nine target normal, and he wasn't catching those red zone targets, but every single target was like, okay, this guy should be averaging 16 points a game. And then he did for the rest of the season. Like that's T Higgins is just a consistent performer. Yeah, and, and I mean, Jamar is a little bit more of that boomer bust guy. So I think again, in, in what I am projecting to be a higher volume passing offense, I legitimately think that like, yeah t is the guy like he's the man i'm not discounting any jamar chase and it's people got have gotten mad at me for saying like hollywood and deandre can coexist man but wide receivers coexist independent of the talent that surrounds them if they're good enough to earn targets they will uh that is not a great transition into my guy but that's okay i'm going to say it anyway um this is a guy that i don't really have a lot of exposure to either just it just happened to be that way i'm not really drafting in a spot to get him um, but in the spots that I do have exposure to him, I'm very happy because I believe that this guy has the opportunity to be the wide receiver one this year. I think that him stepping into a new role that he has not seen in the past is the reason. And that guy is the wide receiver one for the Dallas Cowboys, Mr. CD lamb. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, so let's get into why I think this is, this is it. Now, first of all, I just want to acknowledge that last year was not what you wanted from CD lamb. He was the 12th wide receiver off the board, wide receiver 12 being drafted. 
was the wide receiver 20 overall, wide receiver 29 points per game. Not great, obviously. But you have to remember that these are just expectations that were set by the lofty draft price. If you're actually looking at the second-year player, you take a step back from fantasy and you're like, okay, this second-year wide receiver had 79 catches for 1,102 yards and six touchdowns. You, It's very clear that he has had a breakout season. And to, to further accentuate that he had that breakout season last year, since 2010, there have been 437 second-year wide receivers, 437, that have caught at least one ball in the NFL. Those thresholds that I just told you, Lamb is only one of 12 players to have that total in all three categories, catches, yards, and touchdowns. The other players on the list, OBJ, Brandon Cooks, Allen Robinson, DK Metcalf, Justin Jefferson, Julio Jones. And those are the guys who hit. The busts, quote-unquote, were also phenomenal. Alshon Jeffrey, Josh Gordon, who committed the awful sin of smoking weed, Juju Smith-Schuster, who we just talked about, how great he was, and Victor Cruz, who had injuries. All of oh, these Victor guys. Fun. People forget how good Victor Cruz so was. So good. I don't forget. I'm a Jets fan. This guy oh, fucking good. took yeah. it 99 yards on us. I, I, I'll, I'll never forget it. And these are the busts on the, on the list. So basically, this threshold of number has produced nothing but absolute fantasy stardom. And this all happened, this threshold, while being the third or fourth option on his own team. Wide receiver Amari Cooper was the number one option on the outside. Then you had Michael Gallup. And then, most importantly, you had Zeke. This is a run-first team. And it's still going to be a run-first team. I'm not going to say anything like that. But because you had these other guys who occupied the outside and Zeke who occupied the middle, CeeDee Lamb was the, the gadget guy. He was the, he was the gadget dude. You know that because last year he lined up in the slot on 85% of his routes. The year before that, he lined up in the slot on 90% of his routes. The nature of that role is not something that C.D. Lamb is meant to be. C.D. Lamb is big. He is fast. He can run routes. He's smooth. He's slippery. He's meant to be on the outside for a team. That's where he needs to be. And the Cowboys recognize that. That's why they gave away Amari Cooper for peanuts. In fact, you talk about ADOT. His ADOT last year was 10.26. That was 59th in the NFL. 59th. But even though he was 59th in ADOT, he had 21 big plays. Brodo defines big plays as over 25 yards. 21 big plays. That is the sixth most of any wide receiver in the NFL. So you're talking about a guy who had 59th, in a dot, and he had the six most big plays. That's because he makes things happen. He makes things happen after the catch. He is an athlete that is beyond the rest of these guys. And one of the reasons why I love him so much is he's stepping into that new role. He only got 18.5 of his team's targets last year. 126 total targets. That was 26 in the NFL. That's not going to do it. And I know Matt says you're going to get targets no matter what. But in this offense... There were a lot of options. And Dak Prescott is a quarterback that spreads the ball around. Now, I know that's the that's the knock on C.D. Lamb. And I get it and I acknowledge it. But that's why C.D. Lamb is not going at wide receiver five. That's why you're not talking about Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, C.D. Lamb. That's why you're not talking like that. It's because of that. And so it's built in. 
now it can flourish because even if he doesn't get an immense amount more targets, if you just add 20, 30 targets to that total, which is very much, uh, very much can happen because Michael Gallup's hurt. I agree. James Washington's hurt. You have a rookie starting on the other side. Yes, you have Dalton Schultz, but he's he's not the most athletic tight end. He's a he's a good player, but not the most athletic tight end. And I think the one thing that people are sleeping on, the red zone. Last year, Amari Cooper was 14th in the NFL in red zone opportunities. As to look at CeeDee Lamb, he only had 13 opportunities in the red zone all year. That was 38th in the NFL. Putting him on the outside and making him the primary goal line and red zone wide receiver, I think is what's going to push him into that next tier. I think if you look at his numbers and you say, okay, he had 79, uh, 1106, and you give him, and you and now you say, okay, now he's going to make a difference in the red zone. He catches 10 more balls, 200 more yards, three more touchdowns. Those are not, those are not thresholds that are too hard to accomplish. You're talking about a guy with 90 catches, 1,302 yards, and nine touchdowns. That is exactly what you want out of your wide receiver one. So, I mean, maybe not maybe not wide receiver one overall, but your wide receiver one. So, I think that CeeDee Lamb is going to finally have the opportunity to do what he was drafted to do. He's going to have the opportunity to go to the outside. And don't get me wrong, it's not like he's not never going to be in the slot ever again. They're going to move him around the formation. He's going to be the main attraction of this offense. And I think, yes, Dak Prescott has that ability to spread the ball out, but he's never had a situation where he's had one guy that's been so head and shoulders above the rest. And I think that there's a possibility that we see that change. And even if it doesn't change, I think there's a possibility that CeeDee Lamb reaches some thresholds that we're happy to see, even though Dak Prescott still spreads the ball around to people. I am putting my hat on C.D. Lamb. I think that he has wide receiver one overall potential, and I think that uh, people are uh, underrating him right now and that he should be going higher and take him at the discount if you can. Matt, what do you think about that? I, I can't find anything to disagree, man. And, and I, there, you know, there's like there's almost a bit of negative connaissance when it comes to the vacated targets of Amari Cooper and people are you know, and I'm kind of one of them. Why didn't he earn those targets before? But there's also a misconception there where he doesn't need to earn half of Amari's targets. You nailed it. He just needs to earn a percentage of them. And he's more than capable of doing that. I think an increase in opportunity is guaranteed for C.D. Lamb, and he certainly has the talent to produce in it. Um, and something you didn't mention is Dallas was the number one scoring offense in, in the league last season when they were still – and they're going to still be struggling on loan line. So they were struggling on offensive line a little bit. They were struggling with Zeke Hurt, and they were still the top scoring offense in the NFL. Um that is just a recipe for a third year young wide receiver that has done nothing but produce, maybe not up to the lofty goals that we've set for him, but has done nothing but produce in his position and now has an extended position um, where he should be the focal point of that offense. I love me some CD lamb, man. And he's always going to be my like ride or die in dynasty. Yeah. I mean, Matt, that's the, that's the article that puts you on the, uh, on the map for Brodo. So to speak. Yeah, I, it's I, I still think one of our most, popular maybe our most popular article ever is um that was when his discount was like below jalen rager almost and i was like oh so, what are you doing here <laughs> like yeah what's i gotta get the name of this oh, it says cd lamb is the dynasty wide receiver to target 
written on June 24th, 2021. The man, the man knows what he's talking about. Um, with that being said, oh, what is going on here? My, I'm, I have two computers next to me. And the second computer just turned on, and it just freaked me out. All right, with that being said, let's talk about actual football, Matt. Let's get into this Thursday night preview. So excited. Yeah, it is, uh, it is a matchup of some Titans. It's going to be the Rams and the Bills uh, in a matchup where, man, if you're a Bills fan, if you're a Bills follower, you've been itching to see the Bills get back on the field after what was one of the most heartbreaking situations last year, I think. The Bills are coming into the year with some swag. Everything around the Bills right now is very positive. On the other side, the Rams, uh, a little a little negative energy coming into the season for them. You have Matt Stafford, who has some injury concerns. Um, Cam Akers hasn't looked great, and people are talking about a split between Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson. Uh Andrew Whitworth retired. Now they are the defending champions, so I don't want to act like it's like it's it's all doom and gloom. There's a lot to be uh, excited about, including their new number two receiver, probably um, the best quarterback that he's not probably for certainly the best quarterback that he's ever played yeah. with. Yeah, uh, in Allen Robinson. So let's get into this game in particular. Um, let's start with the quarterbacks. You're obviously starting Josh Allen. There's not really much to say about that. You drafted him in the second round and you're starting in your first game. How confident are you feeling about Matt Stafford, though, Matt? Because, you know, he's facing a Bills team that was first overall in points over expect. I'm sorry, in um, true defensive rating, which you could find on the app, by the way. Um, they were the hardest team to pass on in terms of fantasy. So with that being said, you got an injured Matt Stafford, hasn't taken a snap. He's facing the, the, best, the best passing defense, even without Tredavious White, last year. How are we feeling about him in this game? Are you taking a chance and putting him in your starting lineup? It's kind of going to come down to your roster construction there. And and I can almost say that comes down to whether you drafted early or drafted late, because I've been doing some later Labor Day weekend drafts and Stafford has an ADP that's like past Kirk Cousins now. Mm. And if you were drafting early, um, he, you know, he was going in the sixth, seventh round alongside like Brady, Aaron Rodgers. Um, so yeah, it's going to come down to roster construction. I mean, if he's your only quarterback and they say he's going to start the game, then of course you put him in there. It, it's, it is the second highest over under of the day with, uh, or of the week rather with Kansas city and Arizona coming out at 56 and a half as the highest. So the game is projected to have 53 points scored, um, as, as the, the line. So it, it's going to be a high scoring game. Um, if Stafford is healthy, you would assume that he is going to be a part of those points so yes you have to start him if he's healthy and i assume that he's probably your only quarterback on unless you grabbed too late um so yeah it, it's a little bit worrisome and it's even like he hasn't taken a snap this preseason he, he didn't really do any training camp drills it's been the same like pitcher's elbow or pitcher's shoulder rather so it's a, it's a definitely a very significant injury for his week one outlook and until they kind of clear him of that inflammation just want to um, clarify the bills were actually were the lowest pass uh i'm sorry the the hardest defense to pass against but strangely enough they were the easiest defense to run against in terms of uh quarterbacks over average quarterbacks only, yeah only allowed 12.4 fantasy points via the air a game last year 
the Bills. That's nasty. That is fucking ridiculous. And you know, I, I don't know. I, I, one of those one of those games is skewed because Mac Jones only attempted three passes. That's true. That is a little skewed, <laughs> but I mean, these averages they they don't get that skewed by that. Um, no, because Mac I Jones just, I just also had to throw that in there. that's the best part about this. This one of the craziest things ever that they won yeah, that game. That was three crazy. Pass attempts. Uh, but that was one of the features uh, of the app that's so great is because uh, this is points over average. This is not like they're like exactly. they're being compared to how many points Mac Jones would score on average, not just a quarterback. So anyway, right. Mac Jones. I say Matt. Uh, remember Matt Jones, the quarterback turned wide receiver from Arkansas that like got, yes. got out of the league because of a cocaine problem? Matt Jones. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, um, so let's get to these running backs. What a name at, drop. At, at, at this point, let's so let's get to these running backs. So a lot of Devin Singletary hype in the offseason. I think it was like post-hype. So it was like Devin Singletary was being hated on so much that he became a value. And then all of a sudden, people like Devin Singletary. You got James Cook's debut. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what he can do in this game. So let's start on the Bills side here against the Rams. How are you liking these these uh, matchups for the running backs? I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I probably am not. I mean, Singletary, you're basically drafting as a flex, and I think Cook's ADP is like shortly thereafter yeah. his. Um, so like those are your flex plays anyway. And if you have a better option or somebody that you have a higher scoring over under matchup against, uh, I would highly suggest. Because again, I, I do think it's going to be a high scoring game, but both of those defenses are going to try and air it out, or both of those teams rather are going to try and air it out against each other. Especially like we're going to assume that Stafford's healthy because right now he's the week one starter. So let's say that, um, and, and they're going to air it out against each other and. And the like the Rams are not an easy defense to run on, man. Um, and I don't think that, especially because rather um, that Singletary is going to be sharing a little bit of work with James Cook's debut so they can really put him up against a tough NFL defense. All right, let's see what this kid's got. If he can get the hot hand right away, then maybe we have something special that people kind of slept on. So I think it's going to be a really even split as well, at least for a week one. Um, and that's just not a great recipe because Josh Allen's not going to check down to those guys a bunch. I, I think it's going to be interesting to see if he does because the Rams last year were kind of easy to pass on ninth, uh, ninth best matchup for uh, the passing, the passing running back, pass catching running back. They they averaged ten points a game in the air to running back. So it's going to be interesting to see how James Cook is used because these linebackers in L.A. like they're not they're not guarding running backs. Like that's that's one of their that's one of their primary problems. Um, now Bobby Wagner does make their linebacker linebacking court better, but you know he's old. He's not really staying. Uh, with he's James. not a cover linebacker. Right, he's never really been a cover linebacker anyway. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how James Cook yeah. is used at the very least. I think that should be maybe the, the biggest storyline is if you start seeing seven, even if it's a split workload, but if you start seeing like 10, 11 running back targets uh, against the Rams with that new Bills offense, that might be something to keep an eye on. I think the, to just get off your point, I think that same storyline is happening across the way. I think the... The drumbeat of it's going to be a Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson split backfield rather than just Cam Akers by himself. I think that drumbeat is getting louder and louder and louder and louder. Mm-hmm. Um, even Sean McVay said it himself. Now, I will say I'm not one to believe uh, coach speak, but there <laughs> I'm is specifically not one to believe Todd Gurley's knee is fine. Sean McVay. Yeah, either. yeah, very true. He's definitely from the Shanahan uh, era of let's just straight up lie to people in their face. Just straight up lie. And, yeah. <laughs> and then let's keep doing that no matter what is uh, 
Yeah. They might as well run for president. Um, but with that being said, uh, we have a situation here where this is going to be one of the storylines to watch on opening day. Who gets the most work in the, in the backfield? Because this is not an easy uh, team to run on. The Bills uh, were fantastic against the run last year. So... It's gonna be. It, I don't know what to do here. I think that I'm not excited about starting either of them because of how good the Bills were against the run. I feel like you have to start Cam Akers at where you where yeah. you drafted him, right? Because drafted him. Yeah. don't don't over right. Don't overthink it too much. You drafted him in the fourth round. You're gonna you're gonna start him in week one. Um, but I'm nervous. I'm nervous about it. If I'm a Cam Akers manager, how are you feeling? Me too. Yeah, and I mean, McVay, speaking of liar, liar, pants on fire, is, is something that he's done like every offseason is, is talk about how he wants to do a running back by committee, and then one guy ends up with an 85% opportunity share every single season. Yeah. <laughs> so even that is something that I'm not like super convinced that he's actually going to do. But that being said, he's also never had a situation where he's got a young running back coming off an Achilles tear and a very capable running back behind him. Like that is also a new Sean McVay situation for him to navigate. Um, again, yeah, you're going to start Cam Akers. Uh, you drafted him probably as your RB2 just before the dead zone or during the dead zone if he fell back a little. And people are excited about the kid and he is reportedly fully healthy. Um, but it's a really tough matchup and it's going to be a split. I, I really do think that it's going to be more of a split than people are used to from a McVay offense, especially for the first few weeks as Cam gets acclimated back to, because it was the playoffs. Like they just, they needed him to kind of change the pace, so to speak, uh, get three or four yards. And then now Stafford can work in a shorter field, you know? So I really do think that the playoffs weren't a true display of what Cam Akers is capable of as a fantasy asset. But I also do think that a, a committee is almost guaranteed until he shows that he's back to, NFL speed. Uh, one thing that people may be confused about is how the Rams were so terrible against the pass last year. They were the fourth best matchup against wide receivers. And then you're thinking about Jalen Ramsey's there, but what, what's the deal? Um, they don't use Jalen Ramsey traditionally. They use Jalen Ramsey a little differently. So I'm not scared of Stefan Diggs here. I'm starting Stefan Diggs with all confidence. I'm not, I'm not shying away from, from there. You know, Gabe Davis, you also drafted him in a situation. I think one I think one of the things that I'm looking for, another storyline, it's an under-the-radar storyline, but I think something that could be effect, important in PPR leagues. I'm, I'm trying to see how much Isaiah McKenzie plays compared to Jameson Crowder. I think that it looks right now like Isaiah McKenzie has kind of like taken that rollover, it, but we've seen crazier things before than... Jameson Crowder just didn't play because we know what he's bringing, and he's a oft injured veteran, and we didn't want him to play at all in the in this in the preseason, right. and that's why you didn't see him. You know, so there's there's that, and it just switches. We see it all the time. So I think seeing how much Jameson Crowder's on the field, like Jameson Crowder's probably a free agent in your league right now. I think Isaiah McKenzie uh, is probably like probably rostered. If, yeah, but if if you have a waiver wire, if you have a spot, and you want to. Like, say you have someone that's going on the IR, you have just have a free spot you want to fill. Put Jamison Williams on your, I mean, put Jamison Crowder on your roster. Put Isaiah McKenzie on your roster. See which one of them gets the snaps from the slot because we know that the slot receiver in Buffalo is a valuable position. We've seen exactly. the bee's knees, Cole Beasley, do it in that spot uh, year after year now. So 
I'm I'm taking a look. I, I want to see the the slot receiver. That's that's where I'm. I know most people in in fantasy football Twitter are going to be eyes locked in on Gabe Davis. That's for sure. But I'm going to be eyes locked in on the slot. Uh, how are you feeling about these wide receivers? Agreed, man. Absolutely agreed. I, I, the most intriguing storyline for me is how those slot snaps are going to shake out uh, between McKenzie and Crowder, because traditionally in uh, Sean McDermott offense, that is the number two wide receiver is out of the slot. That's where the number two or the second most amount of targets are allocated is to the slot receiver. Um, and that's just how that offense has always functioned. So that's the most intriguing storyline to me. And on the Gabe Davis note, man, because Jalen Ramsey's a shadow and you're still going to start Stefan Diggs, he could torch Ramsey. No problem. But because you know, Jalen's going to shadow digs. Like this is a pretty great matchup. To, to, if you're really into Gabe Davis and, and you went out and got him and, and believe that target share is nonsense and that he's going to smash a 20% target share alongside Stefan Diggs, then this is a great matchup for him because he's basically going to have Taylor rap on him the entire game. Speaking of that, let's go over to the other side. Cause I mean, Cooper cup is obviously going to eat. I think there's no doubt about that, but the bills are stingy. In terms of their defense, uh, and you expect them to be in the same spot again. They didn't have any major losses on the defensive end and the defensive side. This is a very, um, in fact, they they added Von Miller, who's going to add a lot of pressure. This is a very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not continuous. Uh, what's what's the word I'm looking for, Matt? You're usually good with this kind of stuff. Uh, <laughs> uh, this uh... is. I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. This is I'm now I've even lost about what I'm talking about. Uh, but this is a this is a a defense that's familiar with each other. They play together year after year. There's a word that describes this that I really want to know, but I can't. I know there is. Yeah, there's a word. There's somewhere. It's somewhere. As out the there. lead writer, I should probably uh, it, be able to take initiative here. Uh, listen, I'm 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 the editor in chief. Like this is way more embarrassing for me than it is for you. Um, <laughs> but with that being said. Uh, I think that this is a case where you might be disappointed by your Rams overall in this game. I think the Bills are going to come out to play. I think that um, with Matt Stafford not taking, you have to take no snaps. I know he's a veteran, but you take no snaps coming off a Super Bowl uh, hurt for the most part. They say he's going to be playing hurt, and then you're facing a team that, in all for all intents and purposes, feels like they were robbed last year. So they're going to be. I think they're going to come in hot. They're going to come in. All sweaty and and ready to to, to <laughs> ready for war. You know what I mean. So uh, that's very narrative based, and there's no numbers behind that. But I, I would no, be man, a, I I'd be a little you are I'd be a little t- a little scared to start. You're starting Allen Robinson, but don't expect big things from him. Is what I think. I, I you're gonna start your Rams weapons you're going to start your bills weapons but i do think that there should be a little bit of concern on the ram side of the offensive ball and and man i i don't care narrative based or not like that's a fact like that they are and it's kind of something that i said is like that you could flip a coin between the two top best quarterbacks in the league quite literally right like they were one win away from a super bowl big facts so or one coin flip away from a super bowl right so i mean whoever touched that ball in overtime was was gonna win and i do think that the bills would have would have beaten the Bengals. so yeah um <clears throat> that team's gonna come out hungry it's gonna come out hot the defense has improved too people are kind of sleeping on that like they made some they made some nice moves oh, some yeah. filler moves some depth moves and, and some good draft picks too um and, and yeah tradavius is getting maybe a little up there in age but he's not shown any like he was a defensive mvp candidate um it's gonna be a tough matchup it's gonna be a tough matchup but again it, 
I like to play Vegas over unders for for these, and and there should be points scored. And the way that we're talking and kind of explaining it out is, it looks like the Bills are going to come out on top, and and you're probably really going to enjoy having those receiver weapons out there on Thursday night. I I wouldn't be surprised if if it goes over, but it's very lopsided, like a 35-17 victory for the Bills. Right, that's kind of what I'm thinking too. Yeah, yeah that's that's absolutely kind of, so like definitely points scored, but I think lopsided. But then again, I could be completely wrong. And, you know, that's well, that's and, I mean, they, they set it up for like almost a Super Bowl teaser. Right. right. Like that's oh, the week one. It, one hell of a, a Thursday night matchup. Um, and, you know, I'm kind of a guy that doesn't like starting Thursday players because of the shortened week and everything like that. But we saw last year, too, where that kind of that whole like hold back on Thursday night for Sunday games, like really switched where you were just getting massive, massive like shootouts on Thursday night games and just these phenomenal game of the year candidates happening on Thursday night. So that philosophy is a little dead for me uh, these days, and I'm definitely starting my options in this matchup. Tight ends. Um, I mean, if you really want to start Dawson Knox, go ahead. Yeah. If you, I mean, these tight ends are tight end or these tight ends are touchdown or bust. The story of tight ends. Yeah, I mean, but these ones specifically, yeah. <laughs> like Higby, Higby and Knox. And I mean, yes, Knox was a phenomenal option. Everybody's going to talk about the top 10 points per game, but he, he also was top three in touchdowns, and that's very, very volatile. And if people think Gabe Davis is as good as he is, then where are all those touchdowns going, right? So, yeah, it's it's touchdown dependent. I would start Knox over Higby if True. there was a choice to do so. Um, but Higby was a popular late-round tight end flyer for people, so you were basically banking on hitting those touchdown dependent games and it is a 52 point over. So with that being said, that is it for our Matt mean you have oh, been man, together. So it's we, we only went five minutes over an hour, bro. It's like the twins oh, would be so pr- wow. proud of us. Um, I know they, they really will be. They would be so proud. Two hour podcast guys. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, but with that being said, Oh, b- by the way, since Matt's here and um, he, he reminds me of, of, of uh, great Canadians, RIP Pat's day. Um, one of the, yeah, one of the, yeah, man, just senseless violence took one of the best battle rappers in the game. One, one thing that you might not know about Matt and myself is we're both avid battle rap fans. Matt more than me, I think, uh, has more knowledge than me about the game, but I I like, I love the art of it. I love, I, for me, I feel personally that, that battle rap is one of the last true forms of hip hop left because it, it has all the sport of hip hop, like the storylines the the ball you have to bring the bars you have to be clever it's it's performance the performance and you have and if you hide your references in the bars people go back and listen and will appreciate it and if you put a theme like that's what rap is the sport of rap and that's what i love too much like if you guys if you guys know me too i rap a little bit i love the sport of rap uh trying to see who can make words flip better than the next guy and not many people were better at making words flip uh, then Pat Stay, and we're going to miss uh, watching him uh, flip those words. So RIP Pat Stay is the last thing I'll say here. Uh, Matt, where can they find you? At PsychWordFF on all social media. At BrotoFFTim, at BrotoFantasy, at FF by Broto, at BrotoFFMike, at BrotoFFJason, at BrotoFFCasanova, um, oh. all the places. Fantasy Football by Broto at Patreon.com slash BrotoFantasy, BrotoFantasy.com. My God. God, there's so many places that you could find us. Go find us, please. It helps. Uh, With that being said, peace. Peace.